Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Radio. The Rifleman Radio Show is a product of the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. <clears throat> the Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today, bar none. And at the same time, we give you an introduction into the history of our heritage. We give you a little bit of uh, the history, starting on April 19, 1775, of the men and women who stood together in ranks to actually bring you this nation where you can enjoy the freedoms, the rights, the liberties that living in this nation affords you. Now, that seems a lot for a weekend, right? But we managed to get it all in. <clears throat> all right, we're going to get started uh, really quick this evening and uh, I wanted to apologize to Sam D. We had tried to schedule a uh, a test for the new software to try and make sure that uh, everything was going to go okay. 
unfortunately, uh, the show is two hours long, and that's all they're going to give me now. Even though I I just purchased a, the the Next Level Up Premium uh, program upgrade, now I only get two hours as opposed to uh, several hours when I was doing it free. So I'm not sure about this. However, there is a better switchboard system, but uh, you'll have to bear with us. We're just going to kind of wing it tonight as far as uh, the new software and stuff. Uh, we have the ability to uh, uh, to screen the calls by another uh, another person. Sam's going to screen your calls tonight. We have the ability to screen the calls and uh, and actually put up uh, information uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so <clears throat> when you call in, Sam, uh, I believe you, you haven't called in yet, have you yet, Sam? Go ahead and call in, Sam, so I can so I can actually be talking to you too. And uh, Sam will screen your calls, and then uh, I can. He'll uh, put in some text, like on what you want to talk about, what questions, etc. And then uh, I can look at that and see. And if you don't want to talk, then he'll just put uh, that you don't want to talk up there. And if you have a certain question, then uh, uh, I'll be able to look at the screen and see what questions you have. <clears throat> and I think uh, I'm not sure. I think we have the ability to actually dial out and call people here too, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> So as I said, bear with us because we've got uh, we've got some new software that we're going to be dealing with. Let's go real quickly. Let's get uh, the uh, the upcoming shoots. Let's take a look at the upcoming shoots, and uh, so you guys can see where, what we have coming. As I said, we have the absolute best fundamentals of rifles marksmanship program in the nation. The absolute best. Uh, instead of taking thirty years. 30 years, endless uh, painful hours trying to figure out what is it you're doing wrong, what is it that you're doing right. Come to an Appleseed shoot, and we'll show you in two days. Now, we're not going to make you uh, an operator or a competitive shooter in one weekend. What we will do is we'll front load you with all the skills and techniques that you need for the rest of your shooting career. Whatever discipline you you decide to engage in, we'll we'll front load you with all the skills and techniques that you need along with, as I said, talking to you about what it means to be an American. I've told you many times, being an American is not having your name filled in and on a slot on a piece of paper, okay? That makes you a citizen. You'll be a, a legal citizen, perhaps, by that. But that doesn't make you an American. You're an American when you understand that you have a sacred obligation to this nation that is unending, a sacred obligation to protect the freedoms and rights and liberties that this nation affords you. Now, this is a lot of stuff, isn't it? This is a lot of stuff, a lot of bang for your buck. Well, you can get it all by coming to an Appleseed event. We'll, we'll rev your engines up. We'll uh, fill you full of gas, skills, techniques, and then uh, we'll launch you just like, uh, uh, just like the uh, Gemini rockets right into space. So how do I get to one of these places, you ask me? Well, here's how you do it. You'll go to rwva.org. That's our homepage, rwva.org, RomeoWhiskeyVictorAlpha.org. When you get to the homepage, you look across the top, you'll see a list of tabs. The second tab from the left says Appleseed. If you put your cursor on the Appleseed tab, you'll get a drop-down schedule, a drop-down menu, and the second down will say Schedule. 
Click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page that I'm looking at now. On that page, you'll have a map of the United States. All right. If you have a particular state you want to look at, you can put your cursor on that state and click it. Inside, embedded in the text above that map, is a link that lets you see all of the events across the nation. If you click on that link, that link you'll get to the page that I'm looking at now. Now, <clears throat> I've told you before, and I'll tell you again and again, that the days of getting, uh, being able to walk on, uh, guaranteed walk on, an event uh, are getting cl pretty close to being over. So if you want to get, if you want to make sure that you have a place on the line, that you're going to be uh, down on a mat with your rifle instead of back behind the lines with a uh, a bucket and uh, uh, and 20 pounds of potatoes that you're peeling, <clears throat> then what you're going to need to do is go to rwva.org. Look, take a look at the locations that are listed there. They'll be listed by in alphabetical order by the city, followed by the state, and then the date. Now, once you've looked at these locations and you've, you've decided on an event that you would like to go to, and listen, don't be wishy-washy about this. Take a look at those dates. Find one, select it, go to it. There's no better time than now. There's no better, uh, there's no better way to do something than just to do it. Don't think about going to an apple seed event. Go to one. All right. If you don't like it, then don't go to it anymore. I can guarantee you, though, I can guarantee you that if you come to an event, uh, you won't ask for your money back, all right? It's going to be one of the absolute uh, best investments you have made in your life, and it's more than probably going to change your life. An apple seed event is a life-changing event, so be prepared for that. All right, so you come to rwva.org. <clears throat> Go to the uh, Appleseed tab up on the top. Put your cursor on Schedule. Click on that. You come to this page, <clears throat> and you'll find the locations. Now, once you've determined a location that you would like to attend, there are two hot links to the right of it. One says Information. That will give you the, uh, the information for that specific location on that specific date. It will tell you where, you're, where the event's going to be held, uh, how much it's going to be, uh, as far as uh, range fees or anything like that, any local laws, uh, contact information, etc. The other hot link says register. As I said, if you want to make sure that you have a place on the line, then you're going to want to click on register, which takes you to the third-party software. Eventbrite handles this for us. You'll click on the register and go ahead and get registered. <clears throat> now, the, I'm going to make sure I'm looking at the most current pricing information here. <clears throat> this is the absolute best deal that you will get. Nowhere else. Try and find one. I dare you to find anybody that's going to give you the amount of uh, the uh, amount of instructions that's going to provide you with uh, uh, the ability to achieve the skill level that we do for seventy dollars for two full days of instruction, and that comes with a T-shirt and uh, other goodies. Now, and that's only if you don't fall into uh, one of the many categories which are free or reduced. If you're active military, reserve, National Guard, or a peace officer, then you will attend the event free. If you're a woman, the, the charge will be $10. $10, okay? 
Uh, and now that's a substantial discount over the normal $70 pre-registration free fee. Uh, and it's actually an even greater discount over what you would pay if you went to some other commercial venture, okay? Uh, we're talking about 450 uh, to $800 for a weekend. We're giving it to you. If you if you fall into one of the few categories that pay, it's going to be 70 bucks. If you're a woman, it's going to be $10. If you're a youth, which is children under 21, you're going, we're going to pay $5. I, I'm, listen, folks, if we, we can't do any more than this, all right? If you cannot uh, find it in you to come to an event for $10 for two days of instruction, which uh, normally runs 70 with us, and with anybody else runs uh, 450 to 800 dollars, man, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> and they don't even talk to you about your heritage. Uh, they run you through it. Uh, they run you through the thing as fast as they can. They get your check and they say thank you, and you're gone. Listen, we're going to be there for you for the rest of your lives. We're going to give you the skills you need to, uh, to become a better marksman. We're going to talk to you about American. Uh, history and heritage, and then we're going to be there. We're going to be on the other end of the of the phone line from you for the rest of your life. Anytime you need us, uh, anytime you want to become uh, part of the program, we're going to be there for you. There's not a better program than this. Now, one last thing, though. The $70 that I told you for uh, the attendance for the two days, that's if you pre-register. You wait till you walk on, and you happen to get a place on the line. It's going to be 80 bucks for the weekend, or $50 for a single day, all right? <clears throat> so that's the prices. That's the current prices. And uh, and I, I don't believe I have to tell you again, that's the absolute best deal you're going to get. Okay, and when are these events occurring? Well, starting off the weekend of February 5th and 6th, we're going to get started in Audubon, Pennsylvania, followed by Fresno, California, Harvard, Massachusetts, Hudson Falls, New York, Pensacola, Florida. Santa Barbara, California, Stinson, West Virginia, Waterman, Illinois. That takes us to the weekend of February 12th and 13th that begins in Annapolis, Maryland. And listen, Annapolis sells out quick. If they're not already sold out, I, didn't, I just came in. I didn't have a chance to check, check my emails. Usually Hawkhaven sends me a note, and one of the things it always says is Annapolis, Maryland is sold out. So if it's not sold out, I'm telling you, there's probably only one or two slots on the line. You better get on there tonight get yourself locked in. That same weekend, the 12th and 13th, is Boulder City, Nevada, followed by Carlsbad, New Mexico, Cloverdale, Indiana, Coeur Lane, Idaho, Como, Mississippi, Eleanor, West Virginia, Eureka, Kansas. Saturday, February the 12th is a one-day event. That's on Saturday. Uh, we've spoken about this many times. There's a... There are several circumstances where you, as a uh, uh, as a state coordinator, shoot boss, etc., may want to talk to a range about hosting a one-day event there. Maybe they don't want to give you the whole day, the whole weekend. Maybe they don't want to close it off from the rest of their shooters. But if you can get them to accept a one-day shoot and get an introduction to the uh, to the program, then they may be more than willing to do to do a full weekend. If not. Saturday's a good day to get everybody front-loaded uh, and introduced to the program. So that's the Saturday, February the 12th, in Eureka, Kansas. 
All right, the same weekend, February 12th and 13th, for the full weekend is Hernando County, Florida. Indianapolis, Indiana is Saturday, February the 12th. Kingman, Arizona is the 12th and 13th, as is Sunland, California, Waco, Georgia. That takes us to the weekend of February 19th and 20th, which begins in Bedford, Indiana, followed by Castro Valley, California, Columbiana, Alabama, Corona, California, Hastings, Nebraska, Lemoore, California, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, New Martinsville, West Virginia, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, North Fayetteville, North Carolina, Peterborough, New Hampshire, Piru, California, Pittsburgh, Kansas, Sacramento, California. And listen, while I'm, while I'm calling you that, I want you to keep listening. I want you to listen see how many times you hear California because you're going to hear it a lot. And why? Because they're just about, they've just about crossed 100 events already scheduled for the year. <clears throat> All right? Just about, just about finished up 100 events uh, getting listed for the year. So keep your ears peeled because you're going to hear me say California over and over again. They're leading the nation. St. Augustine, Florida, 19th and 20th. Saratoga, New York. That's Saturday, February the 19th is a one-day event. <clears throat> the, next, the same weekend, February 19th and 20th, is Shreveport, Louisiana, Bakersfield, California, Calverton, New York, Chaplin, Connecticut, Crowbrook, Connecticut, Dublin, Georgia, Lapeer, Michigan, Lewiston, Idaho, Midland, Texas, Minot, North Dakota is an indoor shoot, February 26th and 27th, which sounds like a good place to have one in Minot uh, that weekend, right? Uh, so if, you're, uh, if you are in North Dakota and you say, gee, I wish I could shoot on the 26th and 27th, but I know it's going to be 25 degrees below zero, uh, snowing, icy, and even though I'm used to it, even though I should go out to an outdoor location and shoot and get my rifleman's, my winter's heat patch, I'm going to shoot, I, I, I'd rather shoot indoor. Well, here's your chance. Minot, North Dakota, February 26th and 27th. If you're going, don't go alone. Call one of your buddies and have them come with you. That same weekend, Mayaka City, Florida, February 26th and 27th. Racine, Wisconsin, Ramsur, North Carolina, February 26th and 27th. And listen, Ramsur is a home range, and uh, and I'm going to tell everybody that at some point during your uh, your apple seed career, you're need to, you're going to need to make the pilgrimage to Ramsur. All right, <clears throat> you need to make the pilgrimage to Ramsur. And February 26th and 27th is as good a start as any. Uh, listen, do it. Uh, you, you're going to you're going to enjoy it better in February than you will in August. So if you're, uh, if you're thinking about making the pilgrimage for a Ramsar shoot, February 26th and 27th. That same weekend in Sierra Vista, Arizona, February 26th and 27th, we'll close out the month of February. Now, heading into March, the first weekend in March is the 5th and 6th. That will start in Buckeye, Arizona, <clears throat> followed by Dallas-Fort Worth, which is the Quail Creek, that's the ladies-only shoot, March 5th and 6th. Uh, this is a shoot that, uh, that uh, Double L uh, had put together with the Diva Group. Uh, now, I'm going to encourage the rest of you, because we're going to, this is the break-in shoot with Diva. But so far we've had a couple of the Diva folks attend 
uh, a previous event, and they were absolutely they were absolutely in love with the event. All right. Now, why is this important, or why do, should we care if Diva likes apple seed or not? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Diva is a ladies' uh, uh, shooting and sports organization, and they have six million members. Six million members who want to go out and shoot. All right. If you have, uh, if you would like to try and get a Diva shoot set up, then contact Double L on the forum because uh, she'll put you into into contact with the folks. And as I said, this is the uh, this is our introduction shoot. This is our our first dance with Diva. But so far, uh, all the indications are is that it's uh, that it's going to be a very uh, a very happy relationship, and I hope that it will be. That same weekend, March 5th and 6th, continues on in Fresno, California. Harvard, Massachusetts, Saturday, March 5th is a one-day event. La Crosse, Wisconsin, March 5th and 6th, as is Miamisburg, Ohio, News Martinsville, West Virginia, Toccoa, Georgia, Waterman, Illinois, Winslow, New Jersey, Annapolis, Maryland, Burlington Flats, New York, Annapolis, Maryland, and Burlington Flats, New York, are the March 12th and 13th weekends, as is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Eureka, Kansas, Hartford, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Nevada, Piru, California, Ramsar, North Carolina, Red Bluff, California. And that takes us to the uh, end of the March 12th and 13th weekend. That's a full 30 days ahead. <clears throat> All right, if you came in late, then let me tell you how to get to the page that I was on. If you'd like to attend an Apple Seed Rifle Marksmanship event and have the absolute best time in your life, meet some of the new best friends in your life, learn more than you ever expected to learn uh, in 30 years, let alone one weekend, then go to rwva.org. That's the home page. You look across the top, there's a list of tabs across the top. The second from the left is Appleseed. Put your cursor on the Appleseed tab. You'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. That'll take you to the page that I was just on. <clears throat> it'll have a list. It'll have a map of the United States that you can select your state from, or embedded in the text above the map is a hot link that you can click, click on to give you a list of all the events. You can look up the site you want to go to by looking at the uh, locations in alphabetical order by uh, city, and then it'll have the state behind it and the date, and then to the right of that will be two hot links. Information and register. All right, that's all you need to know to get started. If you want to uh, to ask us any questions, back again at the home page. On the top of the home page, you'll see that list of tabs. All the way to the right side is a tab that says "Email us." You can uh, you can click on that. It'll take you to a hot link that will let you uh, uh, mail right out of your Windows Windows Mail program and mail to the organization for general questions. If you have questions that are specific to your state or that you feel would be better answered by your state representative, then simply put your cursor on your state. And it has all the states listed. Put your cursor on the state, click on that, and that will send you, uh, take you to your live Windows mail, which will send a an email directly to that state. All right. Uh, we've got a full bank of callers here. And, Sam, I still don't see you on there. Uh I don't see you on there. Have you, did you call in? Because I know that we've got, uh, I know that we, 
with the premium software, I think it I think it gives me up to 50 callers. So make sure that you call in. I'm looking for the 575 number. I don't see it. So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, but I do see that I do see that you are beginning to screen folks. So I didn't know I could see that, but I can see it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, okay, can... Uh, I'm looking at the chat now, and... And it just gave me a message that saying I'm disconnected. Can uh, let me see if I can uh, if I can bring any of these callers on. All right, can you hear me? Hey, code A one two. Can you hear me? Talking just uh, right before I took, before I put you in the air. Uh, yes, although I must say at periodic times you just sort of disappeared for seconds at a time, and uh, I don't know what you know what, what the cause was. I, and, uh, but I would say probably four to six times at least since I've been listening from the beginning, um, uh, your voice has gone silent and in mid-sentence and. And as much as uh, 20 or 30 seconds will go by before you come back in mid-sentence. Okay. Well, I think what that is is Sam. uh, uh, There you go. Sam. All right, Sam. You're on the air. Welcome to the show. Hi, Scout. It just bumped me out complete. (laughs) Did it? Okay. Well, because it was... uh, I believe it was bumping me out because uh, you had logged in under uh, you had logged in under me under my account, and uh, so I believe it uh, it was bumping me out. <clears throat> Could you hear? Were you having problems uh, hearing the show? Also, it was giving me an old episode. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, I. We got some brand new software we're working with here, and uh, I'm hoping that it's going to work. But uh, I can't tell you for sure everything is going to work just perfectly. But uh, hopefully, it's good now. It uh, it was saying that uh, on the uh, on the chat that that someone else had logged in using my account, and it was. Uh, and I was being disconnected, so <clears throat> so I can't see the chat now, and uh, we'll uh, we'll just continue on regardless. Uh, I don't know if Sam can see the chat. The chat, if he can, he can relay questions, and if not, some of you guys calling in uh, can relay questions. 
All right, well, we have uh, the boss with us tonight. And uh, for all of you folks that have uh, that have wanted to ask Fred questions but didn't know how to get a hold of him or pin him down uh, or the minute after the shoot uh, and you want to go and grab him, he, he, he jumped on his horse and began galloping, galloping to the next town. This is going to be your chance uh, to speak with him tonight. Uh, so, Fred, welcome to the show, and we're glad you could uh, you could come in and, and spare some time to speak to everybody. I'm glad to be here. Now, where did you just uh, where did you just come from? Because you came off the road from somewhere, uh, Missouri, an advanced IBC in, uh, in Osage Beach. And how did it go? Uh, I think it went pretty well. Uh, these are two days that are that are reasonably concentrated. Uh, we cover a lot of different topics. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the reasons or purposes behind the advanced IBC is to make sure everybody's up to snuff on uh, <clears throat> the uh, the requirements to run a really good apple seed. Um, there's a uh, a section of it which is devoted to how to become a better instructor, um, and I uh, recently added uh, a section on how to run a KD. Although in Missouri we didn't get time to to deal with that, uh, and then there's a, a pretty good section on uh, dealing with uh, apple seed itself, uh, uh, the problems we have, the challenges that we face, and uh, basically how we get this. Uh, Make this a successful program. Well, I know that uh, I'm hearing back from the folks that uh, have attended the program that it's being very well uh, received, and uh, and a lot of the folks are appreciating it, uh, especially just in the fact that they get to uh, they're getting to ask you questions, they're getting to hear uh, explanations. About the program, about the history of the program, about uh, about the way that uh, things should be run in Appleseed directly from the source, and uh, and that's a really good thing. And <clears throat> we're going to give uh, give folks a chance tonight uh, to do some more of that. Is there is there anything that you would like to uh, to start off with? Are there any announcements you'd like to make, or or anything that you would like to? To speak about before we get started with uh, with taking the calls. <clears throat> no, if you have people who have questions, let's just uh, plow right into the questions. All right, then that's exactly what we'll do. Sam, were you able to? It, it looks like you were starting to do the, some screening. Uh, whenever I was looking at the switchboard, were you able to do any of the screening? No, it uh, it bumped me out and uh, wouldn't let me do it. All right. Well, we'll just the get chat you. under your name. Right. Right, and uh, we'll have to. I'll have to figure out how to do that with a host because uh, I, I asked the questions, but they didn't get back to me. But nevertheless, we'll just get started straight out of the uh, straight out of the screen. Out of the uh, here we go <clears throat> with the uh, area code eight one two four three one. You're on the air. Eight one two four three one. You just listen. All right. Well, I'll come back to you. How about uh, area code six three zero eight zero five? You're on there. Area 
Uh, that's me, uh, Michael Campbell. Mr. Campbell, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate uh, a chance to call in. Um, I'm uh, fairly new to the program. I uh, really enjoy it. Uh, we've got a great team in Illinois. Went to a Waterman shoot and uh, also went to one in Ottawa. So uh, I've got two questions. Okay, listen, before you get started on your questions, i got to ask you uh, where you heard about uh, the Appleseed Project. So that's always one of my main interests is, is how people are hearing about it. So how did you hear about the project? Uh, I uh, heard about it in Shotgun News and followed it, oh, probably, the column probably oh, uh, two years, and then saw there was some local shoots and uh, uh, actually checked it out to make sure it was an organization uh, that I wanted to be, uh, that it was, uh, well, I'd heard some of the rumors that it was not the organization that it really is. Checked them out and found out they were outstanding people who had a sense of history and uh, who were focused on uh, teaching that history and uh, rifle marksmanship. Well, let me ask you this. Because you because you heard rumors, and I, I don't need to know where because you can hear them anywhere, but because you heard rumors, what what did you think it might be at first? Well, I was afraid that it might be a militia-type organization. And uh, since you didn't ask me my last name, uh, I work for the federal government uh, in a very low position. And I actually had them check and say, hey, uh, make sure that this is something that I can get uh, acquainted with that's not an issue for security clearances or background. Right. And um, even better, once I went there, uh, some of the people in my office where I work uh, are going to come with me to the next warm weather uh, apple seed shoot. They didn't have the guts to come out and lay in the snow at Waterman, but uh, they'll be there in prior <laughs> weather. Well, I'm glad you came, and I'm glad you saw that, that it was something for you. And, you know, I've noticed that a lot of people do listen. Or they, they read SGN for a couple of years, they hear about it for a couple of years, and finally... It's time. Finally, it's time. And listen, I just got through teaching, oh, I would say, my my 10th or 11th uh, FBI agent at the last event I was in. So <clears throat> so were they, uh, they come to the events, and they enjoy them, and they feel, uh, each and every one of them that I've instructed has felt that we are doing the absolute right thing, that we're conducting the events uh in a good manner, and when the information that we're putting out is exactly what we should be putting out to the American people. So I feel that's a, uh, that's a pretty good uh, uh, recommendation. All right, well, Fred's on the line with us. You, uh, you ask him whatever you want to ask him. Uh, well, again, uh, I was uh, pretty neat, and, and uh, the question I had is that back in August, uh, he apologized for a, what was considered a homophobic quote and reading it, I wasn't all that, uh, I didn't see it was all that uh, divisive to the program, but he apologized and seemed to work out very well as far as the people that he apologized. And I just wondered, uh, was there any other ramifications or uh, is there any other fallout about uh, that quote? Uh, you know, so far as I know, there's not... Um... <clears throat> I made that apology because uh, for a long time um, I viewed this program as being a friend to everybody and that um, uh, Appleseed is what it is and that uh, 
uh, us volunteers here in Appleseed have to be kind of careful about um, you know what we say, and we also have to be careful about um, uh, you know keeping our personal issues out of it. Not to say that that was a particularly personal issue, but unfortunately, that statement that I made in front of the New York Times reporter was one of those gotcha things where uh, he was able to take it and and you know highlight it. Uh, you know, we all understand that when you talk to the media, if you talk to the media for an hour, and there's 10 seconds out of that, you know, 60 minutes where you say something that, you know, maybe you, uh, you know, where you kind of misspoke or you chose some some, some ill-chosen words that uh, the media is going to take that and, and make hay out of it, assuming that, uh, you know, they have some kind of issue Um, um you know, with respect to Appleseed and what we're doing. And, and, and I think most media people, well, maybe not most, but certainly the mainstream media people, the nationwide media people would probably uh, be motivated to look on Appleseed uh, with a great deal of uh, distrust and, and probably distaste. Uh, the guy who wrote that column uh, or that article for the New York Times was a, you know, came across as a pretty fair person. And I suspect that's that's helpful in his profession because you tend to maybe relax a little bit and, and, and open up to him. And, of course, that's that's grist for the meal. Uh, I, I don't know how much of uh, how much animus he brought in. He was he was always very careful to uh, if he had any to keep it hidden. Um, I suspect that some of it was probably brought out by his editor because. Um, it took him a long time to get the article approved, and he told me a number of times that he had submitted more drafts, and the editor was always demanding more revisions. And I dare say the editor was probably not demanding, uh, you know, that he be fairer or more lenient or, or more pro-gun. I suspect it was the other way around, and I think that's probably why the final art, uh, article uh, appeared in the form it did, and probably why it appeared to be. Uh, you know, fairly disorganized and and uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think that uh, the article really really made all that much sense when he got through with it, and I presume that's because it was all chopped up to meet the editor's demands. But at any rate, when right. that thing was taken when that thing was taken out of context like that, um, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody from coming to an apple seed. I, you know, there, there are people on this planet I like, there are people I don't like, and, and uh, but, you know, that's got nothing to do with me. And I certainly don't mean to imply that, uh, you know, that homosexuals would fall in that category. That's not, that's not the case. I tend to evaluate everybody uh, on, a, on, a, on a somewhat unique scale, and that is, uh, you know, how much do they know about their history and heritage? How much do they care about this country? Um, aside from that, I don't care what skin color, religion, or anything else you are. I'm just interested in, in uh, you know, how much, uh, or, or, or I guess on how good an American you are, or how um, how interested you are in in in, in maybe uh, either improving yourself or, or uh, becoming more aware of what it means to be an American. Aside from well, that, I can I'm tell you that. That after a, well, I can imagine way over a hundred hours of uh, of work and social conversation, etc., with Fred, uh, he's never 
made any disparaging remarks uh, about anybody. Uh, and uh, and this would be the well, perfect opportunity for me to, to yeah. rat him out. Now, I, I will do, I will qualify that with saying that he's made disparaging remarks about uh, about folks in the program not working uh, harder, but uh, no, actually, but not about any group of people. Actually, Scout, you're covering up the truth here because you're trying to hide from people the fact that I have made a few comments about Texas. But you know, every, <laughs> all right, everybody... all right, well, that that that's true. He has uh, he has come down on the Texans pretty hard, but as a uh, just as a group of folks from Texas, not as uh, as any uh, race, gender, uh, anything else. Well, uh, from what I read, uh, I, I think it actually worked very very well for the entire program because it came across. Uh, if if uh, the problem had not surfaced, we had not, as an organization, wouldn't have been able to advertise the, the uh, fact that we welcome everybody and our focus is on history and shooting and probably good citizenship. So I think uh, as far as Appleseed goes, it was a positive uh, occurrence for everybody. So, uh, again, I didn't see anything in it, and it uh, really takes a lot of people to take something that is meant as a negative and then to turn it into a positive. And I think one of the uh, gay rights uh, organizations actually came back and said apology, accepted all of us make a mistake, and I think they said that uh, we all make apology accepted, we all make make mistakes, so don't worry about it. So uh, that just bodes well for everybody in the program. So. Thanks a lot. Uh, happy to be part of the project, and uh, so all the all the people who whoa are whoa whoa yeah. Wait a hold on hold on before I... you take off. You're not getting off that easy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought you said you had two questions. Did you did, was that a misstatement or did I no, hear wrong? My my other question really wasn't for you. About uh, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out. The idea was uh, just in shooting and. As a fat old pistol shooter, uh, I have a problem with the sitting position. And since we're going to be in the snow, I was wondering if uh, any people were uh, uh, planning on shooting uh, a, a kneeling position instead of a sitting. But since since we got the main man on the line, uh, I don't know if that's a question that you guys really want to address at this time. <laughs> well, um, I, I'd be happy to address any question. And, and I would suggest in this case that most of these firing lines in the snow are going to have some something between uh, the shooter and the snow. Uh, either they'll pack the snow down and put some tarp down, or in some cases they'll put something heavier down. So I, I would I would suspect that most of these apple seeds are shot in the snow. I can't say for all, of course, but I would I would expect uh, that there'd be something there between the shooter and the snow. And if I was going to a winter apple seed, I wasn't sure what it's going to be like. I'd probably take a tarp and maybe a quilt with the tarp acting as a waterproof thing and the, and the quilt acting more as insulation. So, um, you know, for, for whatever that's worth. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, I was uh, lucky enough to get my uh, rifle seed badge, so I've got all the, the stuff. And I'll take extra stuff in case some people aren't prepared. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, looking looking forward to it. Well, you're going to treasure that winter seed rifling badge. So I'm hoping that, uh, oh, are you going as an instructor or as a student? Uh, well, I've, uh, I'm about uh, two years away from being uh, retired, or probably about a year. 
and I've gone to uh, two regular ones. So uh, I want to go again as a student, and then I perhaps, uh, when I retire, may start working on my hats and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds okay. good. Okay, well, well, enjoy well, it. Listen, I, I was going to tell you that uh, that just because you're uh, not a an instructor yet, that certainly doesn't mean that uh, that you're that you can't be an Appleseed ambassador. Uh, I'm sure you probably are. The way it sounds in your voice and uh, and what from what you've said, it sounds like you you are talking to folks about it. But I just want to make sure that uh, that you know that uh, we need all different kinds of people working in the program, and we need uh, folks uh, telling other folks about the problem about the program mainly. And uh, sounds like you're doing that because you got some folks coming from uh, work with your next event. But uh, we encourage everyone to uh, to start off right off the bat with as being a an apple seed ambassador. Well, I, I'm proud to do that, and uh, the, the greatest thing that I think the program has going for it is just the absolute excellence of the instructors, and uh, I don't want to mention them by name, and hopefully some of them are, are listening in, but in Illinois, we are just blessed with just top individuals. Uh, not only do they, uh, it's not, and I uh, spent a, a large part of my military uh, career in marketing, and uh, these instructors are such that uh, they know when to leave you alone if you're working on a problem, and then you turn around and you ask the question, and they've been watching you. They've seen the problem, and they've actually they talk to you when you need it and when you ask for it, and uh, they're smart enough to be hands-off uh, when it's hands-off. Uh, so it's, it's just pretty phenomenal. Uh, I went with a, uh, a uh, scope rifle, as I said, you know, old eyes and things like that. And it was remounted twice, and uh, I thought I had a perfect setup when I went and uh, redid redid the optic once. And, uh, again, just everything was happening. And uh, then switched off with some of the other people with uh, apple seed rifles, and they came over. They couldn't figure out, hey, what was going on? Then they realized that it's two shooters trying to help each other. And uh, they were all for that. So if uh, any other program wants to look at really excellent cadre, uh, we certainly are blessed with them in uh, northern Illinois. So well, can I go now? Well, thank you very, very much. <laughs> yes, you can, you can go now. <laughs> thank you very much for calling in. I hope you'll listen to the show again and then call in and let us know uh, how things are going there with you in Illinois. Okay, take care. All right, you Thanks. too. Thank you. All right, area code uh, 901-412, you're on the air. Hey, this is uh, Dart. How are you guys doing? Doug? Hey, we're okay. doing fine, Dart. Oh, that's good. Hey, listen, um, I just wanted to ask Fred if, you know, with this two-party convention, there's, there's a, uh, a few folks here are doing a whole lot of footwork on the behind the scenes, but I just want to ask Fred if he can talk about why he accepted the invitation to speak at it and um, what uh, he thinks it's going to do for the program and what uh, what he's going to talk about as a keynote speaker. All right. Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, I really haven't given a lot of thought to it, primarily because I'm not much of a public speaker, but also because um, I'm going to – well, let me get back to 
you know, why the invitation was accepted. The invitation was accepted uh, because this is a new audience of people who, um, you know, may not know about Appleseed. And um, I'm, I'm willing to speak in front of any group, and, and most of I think you'll find most of the instructors are willing to speak in front of any group, um, you know, where you have an opportunity. Uh, so I will go to the the uh, the tea party with the idea in mind that uh, I'm going there as an ambassador of Appleseed, and and one of the things I want to uh, do is explain what the program is to them, and uh, uh, you know hopefully uh, um, get some more uh, exposure in in areas where you know maybe the Appleseed message hasn't penetrated yet. So that's really the, that's really the long and short of it. Uh, we're we we will probably have a table there, and uh, as it will be listed as an exhibitor. Uh, but it's okay. What I think what we're going to have to do ne- next is to uh, drum into the heads of of our volunteers around the country that uh, um, just as we're not aimed. Uh, specifically at gun owners, uh, because to make this program successful, we're going to reach far beyond them. So just as we have to have to aim at the, you know, the folks that you aren't aren't considered traditional gun owners, uh, so we're going to have to aim where, um, you know, gun-related activities like appleseed don't usually aim. For example, if there became an opportunity to address a local Democratic, um, you know, convention or party or whatever. I'd be happy to go there and explain to them, uh, uh, you know, what the Appleseed program is. So, um, in my view, we're simply reaching out. There's an opportunity, and uh, we're reaching out uh, to seize the opportunity to, um, uh, you know, introduce some folks to Appleseed. Uh, let's see. Was there another part of that question that I might have missed? He was just wondering well, what you would plan to speak about. And you already said you didn't uh, hadn't thought about it yet. Well, I, I can tell you it's going to be a standard Appleseed message. What Appleseed's about, uh, you know, where, you know, something about the origin of Appleseed, uh, what the program intends to do, uh, you know, the fact that we have a schedule and, um, you know, we're five years in the program now and, and uh, um, already um, it's occurred to me that we need to be thinking about. Um, whether uh, there's going to be need, any changes needed in the program once we once we get up to the years 2016 and 2017, that is, if we're able to continue to successfully double every year, uh, we should start getting some real numbers there. And it may be that we'll want to, um, um, uh, you know, we'll, we we may want to do some things that we're not doing now. And uh, the, uh, the thinking on that is so new that um, uh, you know, I don't really know what we'll be doing, except that I do know that at some point uh, people in this program are going to stop and say, whoa, we're getting up to the point where you know we may have enough uh, willing hands to start bailing. So now exactly how are we going to save the ship? And there's a number of things we could do. Uh, I was thinking about... Uh, uh, you know, one of the one of the aspects of this program is to, um, you know, reach right up into the the political arena and uh, promote the um, election of people who have been Appleseed because we have a feeling that that they've been exposed to a history and heritage uh, that 
most other candidates haven't been exposed to. And you can probably look around you today, and you can probably look around you any time in the last 20 or 30 years and see political candidates who have not a clue as to as to uh, you know what is about to be lost in this country in terms of our heritage. So, um, um, well, there's there's a number of things that, that, that have been suggested. One thing is we might we might organize an Appleseed Educational Foundation, which would be uh, like some of these other foundations, but we would specialize, of course, in putting out literature that, uh, and maybe I don't know, maybe we get that literature into educational settings. So that kids are uh, better acquainted with uh, with the history of April 19th. Um, another thing we might do is um, create, um, and I don't look, I don't know all the intricacies of these. We might have to do spin-off organizations, um, but I was thinking that we might want to come up with a a, um, a a pool of knowledge on on how to get elected. And that way, somebody who goes through Appleseed and says, uh, you know, hey, I'd like to run for city council, or I'd like to run for state senator, or I'd like to run for the House of Representatives in Washington, uh, we can say, okay, um, uh, you know, you're a total amateur at this, which is, um, you know, I suppose right in the American tradition where the average citizen is is, is, is considered to be, um, uh, you know, worthy to step up and run for office. Uh, but we all understand that, that that actually winning an election can be a, uh, something that requires some knowledge, some skills, some organization. And I think it would be pretty nice if uh, we were able to, um, uh, you know, be able to supply that knowledge and skill. Of course, because we're nonpartisan, it wouldn't matter to us uh, what ticket you run on. Um, as long as uh, as long as you were an apple feeder, as long as you've been in the apple seed program, there's also a possibility that um, we can beef up, or uh, well, I shouldn't say beef up because we don't really have it right now. But what we what what I'm what I've been thinking about is that we can uh, experiment with creating opportunities for people to hear. Uh, the story of April 19th without having to come out to, you know, spend a weekend on a rifle range. As we know, some people aren't going to do that. Uh, a lot of them is too big a commitment. I mean, it's one thing to participate in a political rally where you go downtown and spend an hour or two hours with a poster and then you drive back home. It's another thing to, uh, you know, sign up for an apple seed where you come out and you spend all day Saturday in the rain, snow, sleet, sun, or whatever, and then you hopefully you'll come back Sunday for the second day. Now, granted, you'll learn a valuable skill, um, but uh, the actual history, the story itself, probably is only maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours on Saturday. And uh, would it be a good idea if maybe we were able to create opportunities for people to come to, say, you know, a local library? on a particular night and and hear the story of April 19th. And, of course, probably a plug to come to the Appleseed, whatever Appleseed is is nearby. But the point being that it's possible that if we do a good job at that, that uh, we could find that that particular aspect of the program expense so much 
that uh, it becomes the primary vehicle for doing what we really want to do in this program, which is to, uh, you know, wake up our fellow Americans to a history, history and the heritage that they're about to lose. Now that would be an interesting development. Uh, and there's some there's some, there's some other ideas too that, uh, but uh, you know, we're 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 really jumping the gun talking about it right now because somewhere around 2014 or 2015 is is going to be. Um, when we'll really fire up and or gear up and uh, uh, address some of these things, and of course it's all contingent on us continuing to expand the program. Because if we don't continue to expand the program, we've got other problems that, that have to be dealt with. I think so, you answered my question, Fred, and I appreciate it. I, well, I, I think uh, I know I wanted to hear it out of your mouth, and I'm sure other people did too. Well, I appreciate right. asking the question. I sure do. Scott, All right, you got anything have, else? Uh, no, I don't have anything. That's that's all I have. It was uh, great, great hearing it out of Ted's mouth. All right. Well, we got plenty of space on the uh, the caller line, so you don't have to uh, you don't have to hang up unless you want to. But I'm gonna I'm right, going I'm to uh, mute your mic. I'm gonna drop Thank- off if I if I have to get anything else off my chest, I'll call back in. <laughs> There you go. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks. you very Thanks. much. All right. Okay. You got Western Rose in area code 208 there. I'd like to speak with you. 208. All right. Here we go. Uh, hold on. I think he... he. Oh, gosh. Uh, hold on. Now i got to do it again. He, uh, as soon as he hung up, it, it jumped everybody up one, and uh, I missed her mic. Here you go. Western Rose, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout. How are you doing this evening? Okay. Are you guys, uh, uh, were you out uh, in the sun today in your bathing suits catching some uh, uh, some suntan? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit too cold for that yet. <laughs> well, we're, we are at, uh, uh, I think tonight we're only at about 14 degrees, and... Uh, which is pretty cold for us, and and we've had uh, we've been having rolling blackouts across the state because <clears throat> here in Texas we decided not to put our water cooling towers inside any kind of a building where they could be protected from freezing, so they all froze. So all of the uh, power companies are uh, running on uh, uh, on like one third power here. <clears throat> but that's uh, that is our thinking: is let's don't do it until uh, until after we freeze. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, and uh, and we have Fred here on the line, so ask him uh, whatever you'd like to ask him. Okay, Fred, I had two questions. There's one that will have a short answer, and one might be slightly longer, so which would you like first? Uh, I'll let you choose. Well, remember, <laughs> this is Fred. There's no short answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one is we were able to find a couple of breaks in our Appleseed schedule out here um, in this region, and so one is in June and one is in December, and we were wondering if either one of those would work for you to come out for an AIBC. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd like to come out there for an AIBC. Well, I'm telling you, Idaho is a lot different than it was uh, five years ago <laughs> when you and your father first showed up on the Appleseed firing line, and I remember your little twenty two was showing those big burly guys from Arizona with their FAL battle rifles uh, how to shoot. But uh, 
But yeah, we can do something like that. Uh, I, I'd rather do it sooner rather than later, which would suggest June. But we'll have to check the calendar, and uh, maybe you can, maybe you can send me a PM with a copy of Savage Shooter, and uh, or, or you can just go on the website and search out AIBC schedule, and it'll 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 you know take you there. And uh, I don't mind doing two and sometimes three of these in a in a month. So if there's room to get you guys on the calendar in June, I just assume uh, I just assume do it then rather than December. Okay, then I'll look at okay. that one first. So that's an easy one to answer. Give me the hard one. Okay, the other one was if you could tell all of the Appleseed instructors one thing other than getting their family and friends and coworkers to an Appleseed, what would it be? Uh, stay focused on the mission. Stay focused on the mission is is exactly like step four B, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, without step four B, uh, you're not going to fire a good shot. So likewise, um, uh, staying focused on the mission is is um, you know, it's something you can't do without in this program. If you stay focused on this mission, you will um, huh, you'll keep your head on straight. It's like um, our uh, scout. In fact, it's like the Texas State Coordinator was telling me the story of his old sergeant uh, yelling at his guy saying, um, Look, you're like a mule and I want you to plow a straight furrow. He says, if you start looking at the mule over on your right or on the mule on the left, that furrow you're supposed to plow is going to be crooked. So don't pay any attention to what the mule on your right's doing or what what the mule on your left's doing. Just keep focused on on what you're supposed to be doing, which is to plow a straight furrow. Right. Keep now, your blinders on. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess he yeah he did say something he said, about keep, blinders. Keep the blinders on. Don't worry. Don't worry about what's going on to your right or your left. You got your mission right in front of you. Yep. Yep. When it comes to the mission, uh, um, you know I got to say it, and uh, I don't say it. Um, for me, it's not a cliche, and the, the main task in, for all of us in Appleseed is to stay focused on the mission. This is a this is a tough program. It's got a lot of ambitious goals, and it's not going to be easy to make them. And uh, you don't hear quite as much talk now as you did in the first three years, but in the first three years, you heard a lot of talk uh, from me and some, some some of the other people who originated the program that this program gets tougher every year. And it doesn't matter how tough this year is. Next year, uh, you know, where we want to um, hopefully uh, have twice as many apple seeders, next year is going to be twice as tough. But this year is tough enough, so we don't have to worry about next year. And, in fact, uh, it doesn't pay you to think about next year. In other words, you keep those blinders on, you focus on this year. Because this year is going to be tough enough that, um, uh, well, let's just say it's going to be tough enough to satisfy anybody who, who, who likes to deal with tough challenges and, and tough issues. So yeah, if I was gonna if I was gonna say um, you know if you were to say Fred say one thing to every instructor it would be stay focused on this mission. This mission is critical. It's important, and you know it's silly for me to even say it. I mean the mission defines itself, and there really should be no hesitation on anybody's part in terms of um, you know agreeing that this mission is. Um, yeah. There's hardly, I can't think of any other mission that would be more important. So, does that answer your question? Yep. Okay, (laughs) good. I appreciate you asking it. 
sir. Got anything else, uh, Western Rose? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, listen, I want to tell you uh, thank you because you are an inspiration to all the folks uh, there in Appleseed, and uh, you were one of the folks who I've watched you since you began, and uh, I can't tell you how proud I am of you and your family and all the hard work that you guys have put in. You, to, For me, you and your family exemplify uh, the traits that Appleseed uh, is looking for, and uh, and thank you. Well, thank you, Scout. Well, look, I'll have a thank you, too, but now, Scout, it's going to take me several days to talk her back down to earth. appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Yep. And uh yep. you got anything else or uh, and like I said you don't have to hang up. But you can you can still just stay on the line and listen. But uh, and uh see what I'll just leave you on the line and with your mic and stuff open. Just don't start start playing your guitar or anything. <laughs> and we'll bring another caller on. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right, area code uh 720-562 you're on the air. Okay, this guy really is playing a drum. Seven two zero five six two. You're on the air, and you don't have to. If you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. Okay. All right. Uh, area code five eight zero two seven eight. Is this uh, old grunt? Yeah. Five eight zero two seven eight. How you doing, Chris? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. This is uh, old grunt from Oklahoma. Thanks for calling in, and what do you got? Well, other than that, just the only thing that came to mind, being as I've done been to that RBZ, and I listened to Fred talk and some of the other places that I've been, do you ever think that, you know, the admin part is doing the paperwork for shoot bosses and some of the other red hats? Do you think that we can ever go into more depth other than go to the website and try and hunt this stuff down all day long. It sure would have been nice for Fred to take all those paperwork we're supposed to be doing correctly so we don't get kicked back and go step by step by step of how it should be done. Mm, well, well, did you, you guys get what? that at the AIBC? Because we're teaching that now at the IBCs. Good, good. Because I get a lot of questions of what do I fill out and who it needs to go to. And over time, you know, as we grow, other people take charge of what used to be an easy thing. Now it's getting to be to where, you know, you got to talk to this person to get to that person to make sure it gets to this person. And there's a lot of things I don't even know, and I have to go and research it for myself to give the okay. right answer to the right people. Okay, well, listen, I, I jumped in there. Let me add, let let me let Fred go ahead and, and answer the, your <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, get your clown bat out. Oh, oh, right. No, I don't need to get a clown bat out. What I was going to say is that uh, uh, the very, uh, let's see, it was last October when I had a shoot boss uh, walk up to me and say, complain about all the paperwork in the program. And he actually said that uh, he knew people who were shoot bosses who were, um, uh, who were thinking about going back to, you know, to giving it up and becoming, uh, you know, red hats again. Because they didn't want to, um, they didn't want to have to deal with it, and right. uh, I was, I was, I was interested in that because uh, to me that that would be a problem. 
So I, I, I preface my remarks to him by saying, um, you know, this is this is not your everyday program uh, that you join, like, I don't know, Red Cross, Boy Scouts, 4-H, whatever you can think of. I said, there's right. nothing in this program that says you have to live with a problem. Right. So if there's a, if there's a problem there, uh, you need to define it. What is it? And then... Uh, uh, you know, let's let, you know, let's get it fixed. To me, that seems that seems pretty simple. It seems a good way to do it. I mean, if we can identify problems and uh, and get them fixed, that would be fine. Now, I got to tell you that since uh, since that happened, I have kind of brought that up, and I get different reactions. Some people say, uh, you know, it's very simple. The shoot boss thing is very simple. There's very little paperwork involved in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, Personally, I'm past the shoot boss stage in a sense that it's very rare that I get the shoot boss. But I'll tell you what I do uh, since I'm always in this mode that that every shoot boss is supposed to be in, and that is training your replacement. That's uh, what I'm know, trying pick, to do. Yeah, I, I pick out a I pick out a red hat if I don't have a formal SBIT. I pick out a red hat and I say, okay, here, this is part of your training. Handle all this paperwork, right. and just let them let them deal with it. <clears throat> Uh, in terms of actual physical paperwork, I don't know that there's so much. Um, uh, I mean, you print out the, uh, you know, the registration list. Right. You check people's names off um, at the end well, of the... The biggest thing we had problems with, Fred, was, and we're trying to train the guys that are coming up as Red Hats, of, okay, the host paperwork, the range paperwork, making sure they get this piece of paper signed, make sure they get that piece of paper signed, so we can send it up higher in order to get the ranges approved. There's only a few people doing it, and we're trying to make sure to teach them the right way to where they don't get caught up in that catch-21 of you forgot something, and this is what you need to do, go ahead and forward to the home office. That's kind of what I was getting at. Okay, so you're picking up the process much earlier than I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm responding to, you know, what a shoot boss has to do in terms of right. running Appleseed, and you're going back a little bit further and saying, well, what about if somebody contacts a range? How do we do this? How do we do that? Uh, yeah. If there's a, if there's a, if there's a, if, well, I was going to say if there's a real problem there, but you, you think there's a problem there, so it's, it's got to be a real problem. May I suggest that you go on our site and look up uh, look up those uh, WLX people. You know they're supposed to fix everything. And go down. Uh, what would that be? Uh, that'd probably be under admin, I would think. But you know, one of the things that, that we could. One of the things that Savage Shooter has asked <clears throat> is that uh, that you designate a person in your state uh, to handle all of the new locations things. So right. that means that no matter who uh no matter who makes the initial contact and gets the paperwork and stuff done, that would go to the person who's designated to uh uh to take care of this and send it in to Savage Shooter correctly. So that person would be the you just have that one person who needs to know all of the stuff and they should be of course training their replacement but whoever contacts a range, then they contact that one person in your state, and that one person can hand uh, hold them through the process, make sure they get all of the information, get it all uh, assembled and correctly input so that it can then go to Savage without her having to do anything except post it. So if you can get that one person, and just like Fred said, if one of the, any of the uh, the WLX 
uh, folks should be able to uh, to get that one person ready and good to go. And then that one person just has to uh, train their replacement and have somebody else there to train them. That way, any of the locations, when you get a new location, they talk to that person. That person handholds them through it and uh, gets all the correct information and then puts it all in the correct format and then sends it into Savage. Okay, let's, let's 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 understand too that there is some there is some paperwork that we kind of need to have done. Uh, even though when you're out there uh, on the, you know at an apple seed as a shoot boss, you say, "Oh man, what are those office geeks going to send to us next?" But one of the things we're doing this year is really really ramp up promo. And uh, what's going to help us the most is if we can get the information, the feedback from an apple seed on where people heard about the apple seed and uh so that we can we we can track uh you know the impact of whatever we're able to do for example i think we're going to do more in terms of uh radio calling shows maybe maybe guests on radio shows it would be great if we could get some feedback or if we find out that when people are asked where did you hear about the apple seed uh you know some of them start saying well i heard about it on a particular radio show because that'll tell us that we need to keep that up. So, um, you know, I'm I'm in favor of keeping the, uh, you know, all the impediments at a minimum. And uh, uh, old grunt, to the extent that you find a particular piece of paperwork offensive or or you know, uh, make work or however you want to characterize it, take it up to the WLX people and say, look, why are you telling me to do this? Because to me, this make this is make work. And I presume well, they'll either say, uh, you know, here's the reason, and, and hopefully you'll agree that's a good reason, or else they'll say, oh, man, somebody put that piece of paperwork in there three years ago and then forgot about it. It was only supposed to be in there for a month. In which case, okay. you know, because you raised the issue, you know, they may get yanked out. I'm all in favor well, of simplifying basically, stuff. Basically sure. what I was saying is that, you know, like Scout said, now they're putting the paperwork issue into the RBCs. And at our IBC, we had a lot of guys that, you know, they were new to the program, ITT1s and ITT2s, and they've never seen the paperwork. I thought it would be neat to have somebody that knows the ins and outs of everything to be able to say, okay, this is step one all the way up into where the shoot boss takes over and does like, because we cover the shoot boss issues in the meetings, but as far as new ITTs, They've never seen a host paperwork. They've never seen an insurance form. They don't know what any of it is. And for us to try and explain it to them, you know, I, I well, kind of didn't tell them the right things because I didn't really know the right things. Um, actually, I'm not looking on the, you know, recruiting ranges and filling out EIPs and host application forms. That's not really specifically shoot boss. That's That's anybody in the program. Who should understand that, or or know about that, or or be able to go on our site and uh, find out what all that means? And I, I'm going to ask you uh, to go to the tips page, the instructor pages that we have set up. I think there's a bunch of FAQs over there now, and and these FAQs, I don't know what percentage of them we got up now. I think some people think we got 80% up, but I expect that as people keep asking questions, we're going to keep adding to them. So I suspect we've probably got, uh, you know, 20% up of what's eventually going to be there. But, but let me ask you, Chris, to go there and check the uh, check those FAQs and see if there's one up there for, um, uh, you know, how do I um, uh, how do I set up a new Apple seed at a location? 
and see yeah. if it gives you what you want. If it doesn't give you what you want, uh, uh, PM me, let me know, and I'll, I'll get that to the right person. Yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, when the new ITTs are coming up, that I can give them a packet that will basically have everything in there to where it's self-explanatory, and they would understand it. Because, you know, when I started out, like you're saying, I had to go and dig everything up on the website and make sure I had everything straight. With all the changes that come down, I didn't think, you know, I didn't want to give them something wrong and then it not get going through. Yeah. Well, I'll take well, what, that all the changes coming down because I've heard that expression several times. And uh, when I ask people to list the changes, uh, most of the time they can't think of any. And it well, it's like not necessarily the changes. It's just that we used to go through one person. Now we're going to the other person. When you get used to dealing yeah. with one individual and then they move up on a deal and they pass it down to somebody else, then you got to start over and deal with that person. Well, I'll tell you this. Is that, that One thing about an organization that's growing is that it's going to be – there's going to be something new every single time. day. And that, that's good. That's what you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if that's not happening, then you're not growing, then things are, are being static. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think that uh, that this should be included in the IBCs, you know, is that uh, yeah. because that's what we're doing, and uh, I think that that will that will help see people uh, at least get a start on it. That is the information to where they can go and find it uh, on a printout, and then uh, samples and make sure that they understand what their jobs, as far as paperwork is, is going to be as a shoot boss. Uh, and uh, preparing locations to uh, to be uh, sent in, et cetera. That's all I wanted to know. That was basically the root of my question, and that's what I was talking about right there, what you said, Scott, is being able to direct the people the right way and, and you know, to where it doesn't scare them off. But sometimes these papers, when you hand them to them, they're like, can I really do this? I'm like, yeah, it's not that hard. You can do this. You just got to go out and visit the folks. <laughs> Well, because this is a problem, which is or not a problem, but because people um, uh, approach clubs to set up apple seeds, and sometimes these people aren't even instructors of, of any grade. They're just simply, right. you know, they understand the program and they, you know, they sympathize with our goals and they want to try and make them happen. Um, that's, I think, that's where that FAQ comes in, and we need to, we need to be able to say. Just go to the FAQs, look under, um, you know, recruiting new locations or setting up new apple seeds, and you should find everything you need there. So, uh, old Grant, I'm going to lay it right on you to go over there, those FAQs, as soon as this program's over and see if I'm you find it. I'm already doing it, boss. Are you? I'm already doing okay. it. Okay. And then uh, if you guys will, uh, if you'll also, uh, I can't see the chat, of course. Something had something happened to it. But if you focus on the chat, we'll go ahead and uh Post the uh, FAQ URL so that uh, so that anybody that's uh, in the chat can uh, go take a look at it while you're uh, listening to the show. Then that would be a help too. And let me tell you guys that the dial the call-in number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. You got anything else, Chris? Other than that, if they ever have any problems, you got the girls, you got tenacity, you got Rose, you got Savage Shooter. You can shoot them a PM anytime, and they'll help you help you do anything you don't understand. That's for sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. They'll straighten you out. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm going to get another, take another caller, Chris. You can uh, you can stay on or and listen. And thanks for calling in. Yep. All, All right, right boss. Uh, see you later. 
Yep. Nice yep. Talking. Okay. Uh, Let's yep, see. Area, area code two or three. What is it? Try area code two o three. Area code two three. Okay. Well, we already got the area code seven two zero on the air. Area code seven two zero five six two. You're on the air. Okay. All right. How about area code two zero three? Two zero three four three zero. You're on the air. Yep, so this is uh, 203. Can you guys hear me okay? We got you. Yep. Perfect. Who is it? All right, so this is Stuart from Connecticut, AKF Print F. And I have a question for Fred about um, I'm an IAT4 and just finished my uh, first presentation of history and um, have some questions about the guidepost for the third strike. Okay. Um, and so I was reading the tip site in preparing for. Uh, my presentation of history, um, and uh, and actually presented my history based on um, the guideposts and my reading of uh, the David Hackett Fisher book, and I was then informed by my uh, by the shoot boss and the senior instructor there or the instructor there that I had missed a discussion of monotony and the bloody curve, and that was something he really needed me to focus on. Um, but I went back and I noticed that it's missing from the guidepost. So I really wanted your opinion on how important those two particular things are in the third strike, monotomy and bloody curve. Well, um, you know, we say in this program that you never argue with your shoot boss. Right. And if you if your shoot boss wants you to talk about the bloody curve and monotomy, then, then by gosh, you should talk about it. I'll say that because I don't want to undermine uh, our shoot bosses. But I did write the guidepost uh, with the notion of helping people um, understand uh, what I thought the minimum should be in there. Uh, it doesn't say you can't add more to it, but it does. Uh, at least I tried to include what I hoped was the minimum. Now, I'm pretty sure on the third uh, strike that I talk about the British as they got closer to Boston, the area became more built up, the fighting became more vicious. Okay, I probably didn't use the word monotony, but that's uh, that's roughly where along Battle Road we're talking about. So that would be pretty simple. I mean, all you got to do is stick the word monotony in there. You say, well, as they got back toward Boston, they started running built up areas. One was, one was named monotony, uh, whatever that's worth. To me, the the, the key aspect of the third strike at that particular point is, is to um, illustrate how effective our guys were, how effective that moving circle of fire uh, that Heath put into play as soon as he arrived in Lexington, uh, how effective that was on the British, uh, because um, you remember the the story, which I'm pretty sure is in the third strike guidepost that I put up there, which was that at a particular point, um, uh, British officers ordered their men that if there was as, as little as one shot which came from a house, they were supposed to enter that house and put everybody in it to death, which sounds pretty grim when you think about it because it could have been women, children, uh, non-combatants in that house. Um, and then torch the house. And, yeah, and, and then, yeah, and then torch the house. Um um, and the reason why that's in the third, why that's in the third strike in the guidepost, is that that is testimony from the British themselves, 
as to how effective our guys were. Now, I find sometimes that uh, some of our instructors, when they tell the history, go a little bit overboard. And they start talking about the British killed, or, you know, the British were either killing or were supposed to kill women and children and, and old people. And uh, one of the things I mentioned at the IBC is that we don't want to make the British out to be any, any you know, worse than they were. Um, and in point of fact, there's no evidence at all that the British killed or even injured any females on that day. And there's no evidence that uh, they killed and or injured any, any kids that day, aside from that 13-year-old in Charleston who was looking out his uh, attic window and, 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 you know, got shot and killed. Uh, but right. if you look at the casualty list, there's no females on that casualty list. And I've got a hunch that if there are any kids, babies, or anything like that, that our guys are smart enough that they would have made sure to get the word out about the murdering of you know, barbarian city. Yeah. Well, Monotomy uh, is also where uh, uh, Jason Russell and uh, and Whitmore were. So it's kind of a kind of a a, a good solid point on Battle Road. So I, I uh, think Sam, um, Sam, Sam Whitmore makes a better separate story, I think, than the you know immerse him in the third strike there, and, and Jason Russell to a certain extent because of. There's a fair amount of detail there that you can squeeze in. Russell's house was one where, when they, when uh, you know, people returned to the house, his his, his new widow and and um, her kids came back to the house. They not only found him dead, but they found like eleven uh, eleven uh, Americans, uh, militia members, there dead, along with I think three or four three or four redcoats. Right, and, and then the fact, uh, that's, that's the house. And in in the orchard there, in the Russell Orchard there, but beside the house was uh, was where the uh, the militia unit had set up too close to the road, and uh, and were captured by the captured and killed by the flankers. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me say one other thing about the British. Since uh, hopefully there's a few instructors listening to this, um, I've been in Appleseed, so I've heard uh, the British Army was the best in the world. The British Army was the biggest in the world. The British Army was the most feared army uh, in the world or on the planet. And i got to tell you, I don't know. I, I, I like to keep our story as accurate as possible. And I don't know how you can prove any of those ass- assertions. Uh, I'm pretty sure the British Army probably wasn't the biggest on the planet. I'm sure there were European armies that were probably bigger. Um, and i I got to tell you, to me, it, it, it's enough to say that uh, our colonial shopkeepers and farmers were going up against a professional British Army. To me, when you say professional uh, in, in, in connection with the British Army, it, it suggests that they were well-trained, they had good morale, and they were reasonably effective. And uh, that's really all you need to say about them. I mean, professionals uh, sums it up and says it all. And, and it, sometimes if you try and go further and sort of gild the lily, um, you kind of lose the impact of it. And that's why uh, there's there's a post on the site where somebody says, let's not make devils out of the British uh, along Battle Road. And uh, I kind of, I thought I thought, the, I thought he had a good point. Let's, let's try and keep the story as objective as possible, as close to the facts as possible. Uh, but at the same time, let's stop at various points in that story and let's point out uh, what people need to really absorb 
uh, in the first uh, strike, you'll know that that's that's when uh, Paul Revere wrote at midnight. And six hours later, fourteen thousand armed Americans were were marching toward uh, Concord, and that's when that's when I stopped and I say, you know, uh, they didn't have cell phones back then. They didn't have fax machines. Uh, some of them didn't even have regular phones. <laughs> and I, I found that you got to wait a second or two because that that one has to sink in, and you know then you'll get a few laughs because people quickly understand not a single one of them had a, a phone, uh, you know, a regular phone. Uh, but then I found then then I say, look, uh, you know, nowadays nowadays we've got the internet, you know, we've got we've got it all, fax machines, we can communicate anywhere and with anybody at any time. And I'll ask people, I'll say, suppose at midnight tonight you find out about some threat to your liberty that's going to occur at dawn tomorrow. And there's no question in your mind that you have to be there if you care about liberty. And I don't, I say, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's just assume that when you hear about it at midnight tonight, there is no question in your mind that at dawn tomorrow you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go out there if you care about your liberty. And I say, how many people can you get to go with you? And um, a lot of people have been in Appleseed where I have. Um, you know, I have a series of questions. I say, let's make it easy. How many of you guys could get 10000 And I usually raise my hand to indicate that's what I want to raise. Of course, nobody raised their hand. So I say, well, let's make it real easy. How many of you could get 1000 And I raise my hand again. Uh, so far, nobody's raised their hand. I say, okay, let's make it real easy. How many of you guys could get 100 And I say... You know, once, and of course nobody raised their hand, and I'll say, you know, I once had a guy raise his hand when I asked how many people would get 100. I said, but I didn't believe him. Which was true, I didn't believe him. Okay, and then you know, i say, how many of you guys could get 10? And I raised my hand. Now, sometimes you'll get a few people raise their hand at 10. I don't really comment on that. What I do is I move straight over into um, what I liken as sticking the knife in. And I ask the question. I say they could get fourteen thousand. We today might get ten. Any one of us might get ten. And what does that say? What does that say about the value of liberty? How would you measure the value of liberty to a society? And I say I think you measure it by the number of people who are willing to turn out to defend it. To get off the couch and show up when it's threatened. I say, by that standard, by that standard, how does the society, how do we measure up compared to the society of 1775? We just found out. Some of us here could get 10. Back then, they got 14,000 in six hours. So you see, you're taking the story, you're covering the facts. Paul Revere wrote at midnight, um, by, by dawn the next morning, 14,000 armed Americans were marching toward Concord. You're taking the facts, you're stopping, and you're bringing them home. All of a sudden, those people back then don't look like a bunch of yahoos after all. Not a single high school diploma back then. But they did things back then that we can't do now with all of our advantages. And they did them because they care, and it seems like we don't which, of course, is getting right down to the message of Appleseed. Appleseed is designed to wake people up, make them understand, hey, it's going to, it's, it's, you know, the ship is sinking. The heritage is, the heritage is, 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 is evaporating. 
And one day you're going to wake up, it's going to be gone. And it's going to probably be too late to get it back, and you're going to be sorry. You may well be sorry that it's gone. You know, I had uh, I had a guy one time, and, and you're right. Usually most people, uh, there will be some guys that try and boast that they could get a larger amount. But most people don't even begin to start raising their hands till I say three people, two people, one person. Uh, and only once did uh, a guy raise his hand at a 1,000. And I just kind of smiled because I wanted to hear his story. Uh, but uh, he was legitimate because he was a battalion commander in the Guard. So I ah, guess yeah. he, he had the ability to do it. Listen, I one don't thing think I tell he instructors, did know the truth. <laughs> one, one thing I tell instructors about telling the story is this, and that is uh, <clears throat> you, when you're putting your story together, all right. You have number one. You have to know. You have to know the details and the facts. You don't have to be an expert, but you have to know the details and the facts. And then, when you put your story together, you do it by stringing together the events, the things in that story. I, I'm not telling you that you. I'm telling you you have to follow the guidelines, whatever guidelines have been given you. But you put it together by stringing together the things that resonate within you, the things that you understand the things that you feel compelled to talk about. And then when you talk about it, it can never be a dry recitation of facts. All right? That's the that's there's no way it can be that. What it has to be is it has to be you speaking passionately about the things that mean something to you. Your audience, the people that are listening to you, they want you to succeed. They want you to tell the story and be an accomplished storyteller. They're rooting for you. But you have to tell the story, and it has to mean something to you. Because if it doesn't mean something to you, I can guarantee you it won't mean anything to them. You have to make sure that when you tell it, that you are conveying uh, in your voice, in your passion, that it means something to you. That's the most important part. Because if it means something to you, then they're going to understand that it should mean something to them. And if it means something to them, then maybe they should find out more about it. So the main part, I think, of the storytelling is being able to convey that it's important to you, that you think this is an important event in our history. <clears throat> and after that, uh, just uh, go by the guidelines of, of whatever guidelines you've been given. I'm not, I'm, if somebody has told you that you should tell them a certain way, then, then maybe that's the way you should tell it. But the main thing to do is to find this, the parts of the story that resonate with you and string it together that way and uh, hit the high points along the story that you've created that means something to you. Okay, without without arguing a bit with that, because that's all absolutely gospel truth, um, the part that I'm talking about is a little bit different in the sense that you can tell the story giving all the facts, and if you skip over certain parts, like the fact that they were able to turn out 14,000 in six hours' notice, and uh, we today uh, would be lucky, any one of us, to turn out 10, then that suggests, uh, that suggests why there's a need for Appleseed. Right. Now, the, 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 there's actually more than one point in the story where you deviate from where you actually stop uh, and you and you and you you know you address uh you address the 
you address these particular points that highlight uh, what they did back then and and contrast it with what uh, what we seem to be able to do today. Uh, the first one was the the performance, uh, but the second one in the first strike is uh, um, it's a little bit different. I call it the choice. And that's where you stop and you say, um, you know, these guys mustered out there on the green and they were prepared to, to to face the king's men. And then you say, well, no, wait a minute. What goes into that? that that's, a, that's a pretty heavy choice to make when you pick up your flintlock and you aim it at the king's troops. And, and it may be that 21st century Americans don't really understand uh, what goes on, what goes into that choice, and there's a number of uh, there's a number of factors. I don't know if we even have time to cover them, but I covered them in the uh, in the uh, guidelines to telling the first strike, and I suggest you guys go and look. I would say I would say the two aspects of it, and there's 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 about five or six, but the two, but the two aspects. Actually, let me let me simplify that. It's just one aspect: is the fact that we have hindsight. I mean, we know they won. They didn't have any. They didn't have any clue on the morning of April 19th that it would turn out the way it did. You know, eight years later or 200 years later, that we would be one of the, you know, one of the you know, best countries on the planet. They didn't know that. And uh, that's, you know, a lot of times when people tell, say anything to me about Fred, you know, why don't you think out so you can save the country? And my response is, uh, well, I don't know it'll save the country. But uh, you know, I can't. I don't require a guarantee that we can do it before I start to do it, uh, because you know, what guarantee do they require on April 19th? If they had required a guarantee, they never would have gone out that morning. But they went out that morning because they saw a task or a threat that needed to be dealt with, uh, and they were prepared to deal with it. And, and today, in 21st century America, we see a threat out there that we feel needs to be dealt with. And there's not a single one of us who can guarantee that, you know, we're going to be successful. Uh, but we do it because we have to do it because, um, you know, like they faced back then, it's a liberty or death thing. Theoretically, most of us are supposed to love liberty uh, over life itself. That's what liberty or death means. Uh, fortunately, you know, we don't face that choice like they faced. Uh, but okay, so that's the that's the first strike. Those are the two points of the first strike. The second strike is when you get to the North Bridge, and you stop right there at that North Bridge, and you um, I don't know how many of you guys have heard of the four questions, but there's four questions that I usually ask in the 9 a.m. safety briefing. I say these are these are four questions that I want you to know the answer to. Some of these will be very familiar to you. The first one being when and where was the American Revolution won. And most of you guys listening know the answer to that one, which is kind of a, in a way, it's a trick question. But since the founder answered it, I don't see how we can actually say it's a trick question. But the second question is, when and where does the Revolutionary War break out? We want to, you know, we want to name the time and we want to name the the, uh, the spot because it did not break out in Lexington. It did not break out at the North Bridge in Concord. It broke out somewhere else that day, which is. When you think about it, that is where the notion of three strikes of the match came from. The first strike was at, at Lexington. Uh, the match was struck. Um, you know, it was thrown down on this dry field of grass, ready to burn. 
Uh, instead, it sputtered and it went out. The field didn't catch on fire. And then you go to the second. In other words, if everything, had, there's no reason why the war had to break out that day based on what happened at Lexington. Likewise, when you get to the North Bridge, second strike of the match, the match sputtered and went out. The field didn't catch fire. So there's there's no reason as a result of the North Bridge that the war had to break out. It was only that third strike that the match caught the field on fire and you know set the whole field ablaze. And that's where we get the three strikes from. And by the way, that's one thing I mentioned at AIBC is that, that uh, we need to be careful that when we talk about the strikes that we explain to students what it's about. We become so familiar with it that, uh, you know, I can I can throw, throw the word first strike out and everybody in Appleseed will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but um, the, the notion, the notion that there were three strikes of the match that day is something that's unique to Appleseed. I don't know that I've read any book where any historian has pointed out that uh, there was no inevitability about the events of that day, that Lexington did not lead to Concord. Concord was right. totally independent of Lexington. So, uh, you know, it was like, and the irony of this thing is that both sides had been building up toward uh, a confrontation for months, at least. Certainly the colonists since the fall of 1774, when they had the, in Massachusetts Bay, they had the Suffolk Resolves where the, the uh, towns were um, uh, ordered to, uh, you know, get their militia uh, up to right. snuff. So, despite all that, despite all this momentum, despite all this preparation, when April nineteenth came along, it was not easy to get the, you know, it was not easy to get the war started. I mean, not that anybody maybe wanted to start the war, but, but in point of fact, it took three strikes. It took Lexington where it sputtered out. It took Concord where it sputtered out. It was only at Marion's Corner where the match finally, finally, where the war finally started. From then on, yeah, there's no question about it. Okay. You ready so for another caller, Fred? Thing. Huh? You ready for really? another caller here? I didn't even finish the question. Give me a chance to finish the question. All right, all we right, okay. About, we talked about <laughs> you stop at the North Bridge, and that's when you, you answer the questions three and four out of those four questions. The fourth question is, uh, what caused the professional British Army uh, to break and run after a two-minute encounter with a bunch of colonial uh, shopkeepers and farmers? Um, and most of you guys know that the casualty figures are what actually proves, you know, what happened. Uh, and at the same time, I usually stop and say, well, you know, looking at what happened at North Bridge, we now can answer a question historians can't answer, and that is who fired the first shots at Lexington. And the key to that is the word shots, because it doesn't matter who fired the first shot, because the question gets the question historians keep trying to answer is who were the aggressors on Lexington Green? Well, the aggressors didn't fire one shot. They fired many shots. So it doesn't matter who fired one shot. It's who fired many shots. And the right. casualty figures at Lexington Green compared to those of the North Bridge, uh, you know, answer that question. Okay, in the third uh, in the third strike, the key parts are where he shows up, and all of a sudden the whole American um, uh, scheme of engagement changes. Um, okay, so I'll leave the rest of it to you guys because there's another 
Appleseed aphorism, which I'm sure you guys all know by now, which is you don't hand out fishes, you teach people to fish. So I'll let it go at that. All right. But I appreciate uh, the call. We got another caller. Area code uh, 304889, you're on the air. 304889, you're on the air. Okay, how about uh, area code 207738, you're on the air. Good evening. This is the old guy in Maine. The old guy in Maine? Yes. Well, welcome to the show, old guy. How are you doing this evening? No, old guide. Oh, guide. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, old guy, too. I got the same color hair as Whitmore had. Uh, I, uh, my wife is a volunteer shoot admin, and that's become a real popular thing here in New England. She, in fact, she's, Sean O was so happy about it that he sent her a pink RWVA hat. Excellent. And what about you? I'm an IIT4, about ready to go for the red hat. It'll be a year, April 19th. Excellent. Well, listen, before you get to your question for Fred, let me ask you, how did you hear about the program? How did you hear about Appleseed? Actually, I bought an M14 gun stock from Fred about five years ago, and he sent me a packet of stuff. That's how I heard about it. Oh, a happy customer. That means I've got to have you bronze. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, well, that's a good answer. Well, listen, I I joined the RWVA uh, right off the bat when when I first got a flyer from Fred, and didn't and I wasn't involved in shooting with the program at that point. You know, I just I just had the M14 and I'm doing my own thing. And how long did it take you before you, after you'd uh, you'd heard about Appleseed, before you ever attended one? Well, they had the first one two years ago in Maine, and I didn't know about it at the time. And I knew somebody, a uh, friend of mine, said, hey, they're going to have an Appleseed down at Columbia. And I says, okay, how do I sign up? And they told me, and then I went. And that was my first one. Well, excellent. Well, Fred's right here on the phone, and he's ready to take your question. Well, I uh, actually they've kind of answered already. I uh, I get into uh, well, one thing is to is to say that this volunteer shoot admin is a good thing if you can cultivate them someplace else because it takes a lot of the a lot of the time off the beginning of the shoot off the uh, shoot boss, and the second one is. Uh, <clears throat> Is uh, they got answered? Is, is they're going to have an AIBC first part of April in Massachusetts, which I will attend. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So your question is about the admin again, the admin aspects of uh, being a shoot boss. Yes, if they can, if they can cultivate somebody to <clears throat> to check people in, check the money, pass out the. The chamber flags and the shirts, and the, make sure everybody gets paid, whether they're prepaid or paid on the spot or walk-ins. That's a huge. That's a that's a time consumer. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this: the shoot boss shouldn't be doing that in the first place. That should be somebody at the admin table. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, the shoot boss uh, should be. Um, uh, actually, I got to tell you, the shoot boss should be telling whoever his SBIT is, his shoot boss in training. He should be telling him, uh, you know, what you want to do now is you want to set up the admin table, right? So who are you going to put in charge of the admin table? Well, I'll get this IT2 or this IT1. Okay, so you can take the uh, printout over there, which uh, I understand is actually pretty simple. When people show up, you just check them, check them off as they come in. Yep. We don't have a big walk-on component like we did in the first year or two of the program. Um, so there's, there's, there's really little muss and fuss about it. I mean, there's nothing slows down registration like a bunch of walk-ons coming in and they all have to uh, you know pay their money and you have to make change and and uh, it takes about you can probably do 10 pre-regs in the amount of time it takes to do one walk-on of course you've heard the saying in this program about improvise adapt and overcome yep and in the early days of the program we did a lot more of that than it seems like we do now but it's it's always a good rule the follow, and I will remember being out in Worland, Wyoming, probably in, uh, must have been sometime in 2006, and we had, you know, 50-plus people show up, which was not uncommon in, in the early days. And I can't remember why. I was a little short-handed, but a guy showed up with his wife, and I asked his wife if she could handle the uh, registration. Exactly. And I quickly showed her what needed to be done, and, and you got to remember now, that's in the time when, when uh, probably most of the people were walk-ons. And when she got through that day, she had everything just as nicely organized. Uh, every, every, you know, every every cent was accounted for. And it was, um, you know, it was a great example of America's coming together and, and making the apple seed work. We used I, to, done, I did the exact same thing when, at an event where we were semi-short of instructors. It was myself and one other, one other instructor. And uh, we had about... Uh, I guess about 39 folks attending, and the first person signed up, and when he did, I said, all right, I said, you're my assistant, and I'm going to show you how to do the next guy, and then I need you to do the rest of them coming in. And uh, he said, okay. He didn't say, he, mm -hmm. there was no look of confusion, there was nothing, he just said, all right, I got it. And uh, he did the rest of them. Uh, so adapt, <laughs> overcome, persist. Yep. Prevail. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that way every time, but uh, if you need to, that's that's certainly an answer for it. Yep. Well, you got anything else? No, thank you. Uh, hey, thank, well, thank you. you, thank you, thank you, old God. I'm looking forward to seeing you in April. Thank you. We'll see you. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got. Uh, let me make sure that's I didn't. Seven two zero. Five six two, you're on the air. Oh, so the, we we weren't the only ones, huh? Seven two zero five six two, you're on the air. The guy straight across the street from us. Okay, that Mexican family. Oh shit. Okay, I think he may have been listening to a different show. Uh, all right, uh, and once again, if you'd like to call in, the number is three four seven. Three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. There was a caller a little bit earlier, uh, area code three zero four. You were next, and uh, I don't know if you got tired of waiting and you hung up or you got bumped off. 
But either way, call back in. We'll get you uh, back on the air. Area code 830-214. You're on the air. Yeah, you keep ambushing me. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, who is this? This is Tommy Newton. Hey, Tommy. How you doing? Welcome to the show. <laughs> I, I don't have a question, so I don't want to. I don't want to hold the line for people that do, but... No question whatsoever. Listen, Tommy, I want to tell you, first of all, I want to tell you thanks. Tommy uh, uh, was uh, one of the instructors that uh, we all got together and went down and opened up a new range right down the border. I'm telling you, we could throw a rock in, uh, over New Mexico from uh, from the range we were at. And uh, we drove all night, all through the night to get there. And uh, it was one of the best apple seeds uh, experiences that I've had in years, and uh, and a lot of it was just due to the fact that uh, I had a great group of instructors, and one of them was uh, was Tommy Newton. So Tommy, thank you so much for uh, for providing me with uh, with that experience. Well, I tell you, yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. You you could give us a really good story uh, of what happened to you before you got to my place, and why it took you no. so long to get here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's certainly a uh, that's certainly a story of uh, of of being careful uh, of uh, of what you're doing on the way to an event. Uh, well, you got nothing, uh, no uh, no questions that you'd like to ask the boss while we got him uh, tied down on the line here. Not that I can think of. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Area code three six one seven seven nine. You're on the air. Hi, Scout. It's Pop. How you doing? I'm doing great, uh, Pop. How you there doing? There you are. I know. I know you're not. You're you're freezing your you know what's off over there. It's just <laughs> almost almost as cold in Shreveport tonight as it is in Davila. Well, and, it's uh, it is actually snowing now. It's uh, snowing well, and sleeting pretty heavy, about uh, wow. 14 degrees, and uh, and yes, it's actually cold here. <laughs> Uh, well, what do you got this year? Yeah, evening? y'all y'all did a great job down there in Far Texas. I just want to congratulate you on that. It, it just I, I looked at some of the photographs uh, that uh, Zonkertex and BDG put up. Wonderful, and uh, we had they a great already, group uh, of folks. And we we actually April, left there. Uh, an April shoot coming on, so I've already sent that in to to get on the schedule. And the well, range, we actually uh, left, the range uh, folks are real happy. We left far with about, uh, I guess, what's going to be the uh, some of the last uh, oranges and lemons that are going to be coming out of there uh, for the year okay. because I hear that they uh, they have sustained tremendous damage uh, in the south there to the crops. So I'm sure uh, they're, I'm sure that those folks will be in our prayers. Yeah. Well, let us know or tell us. Uh, ask Fred what uh, what you got in your mind. Well, I I. Uh Mainly, Fred, just wanted to say I liked your letter that you sent out uh, recently. I didn't, uh, I've been on the road, so I didn't get a chance to respond to it. But it was brief. I liked that part, but it was to the point, and, and you said what you needed to say. And uh, uh, I think it went a long way to helping, helping the program out. So thank you. Well, good, but you don't thank me. You thank the guy who actually wrote it. Uh, well, who was, was that? Who did that? Was a, well, I'm not sure I want to embarrass him just right now, but uh, he was at the uh, he was at the Missouri AIBC, and um, 
I think it was there that somebody said that uh, all these misguided long PMs that I've been sending out, which I took a lot of time uh, drafting to make sure nobody would get offended and which would actually, you know, kind of be a little bit educational in terms of what I thought people needed to know about the program. Turns out all those were a disastrous mistake. And uh, I think I think it was at the Missouri one last weekend where somebody said that uh, it was um, they were just as harmful to the program as uh, you know some of the antics on the forum before we started CPR. And I thought, man, that's that's a that's a heavy burden for me to have to carry because certainly that's uh, that's what's known as counterproductive, where you you know you try to do something good and instead of it just being totally ineffective, in fact, it's the other way around. It it uh, it turns out to be something bad. So anyway, one of these guys there at the Missouri uh, AIBC, um, I can't remember if he brought it up or not, but I, sus- I suspect he brought that up about the PS being too long. I said, okay, do you think you can do a better job? Oh, and I don't, I don't know. I don't remember now if he actually admitted that he would, but it was too late then because, um, you know, if you if you criticize something, that means you can do a better job. So I asked him if he would uh, if, if he would do it, and uh, and uh, he said he'd give it a try. And that that what I sent out recently, as I explained in a little preface there, I said that's that's actually what he wrote. I made one change on it, which was a punctuation change, I think, and uh, and and it was good. So I sent it out, and it's it's written from the perspective of somebody who's uh, you know not. Part of the you know the big hierarchy in the program. I mean, as far as I know, he's a, I think he's a shoot boss. But uh, I mean, I could probably give you a screen name and you wouldn't recognize it. So right. um, you know that's good. I mean, if he if he's writing and he's writing from a perspective that it may be hard for me to me to write from, and uh, he's already got the second one. Uh, he's already got the second one in draft, and uh, told him, you know, we got to do a whole series of these. So, so, um, and, and I've got to tell you, the response to the first one, I didn't forward him. I said, I asked people, uh, you know, if you like this better than the long-winded, uh, droning, boring PMs that I send out, well, let me let me know, and I'll I'll forward the uh, I'll forward them on to him. Uh, but I didn't forward them all on to him because I figured, uh, you know, like like with Western Rose, if you praise somebody too much, sometimes you have to go back and do, you know, do a little bit of, I don't know what, something to get their feet back on the ground. So I don't, I don't, I don't want this guy ruined. Do you understand? I don't, he's probably listening right now, but I want to keep him. Uh, I want to keep him the same humble person he is, uh, or he was when he he showed up at the. Missouri AIBC. I don't want success, fame, and fortune to to you know to create a problem here. Okay. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you liked it, and I'm sure if he's listening, he's going to be tickled to death to hear you say that. And um, uh, you know, I'm glad everybody seemed to have a favorable response. And some of them were pretty. I got to tell you, some of them are pretty mean. Well, no, no. There's one guy who said. Uh, uh, that this one should have been written long before all the others I sent out, and I think what he really meant was that this one should have been sent out, and then the others just uh, tossed in the in the waste bin. But it's good. I mean, I, I'm glad that uh, you know we're finally making some contact here, uh, uh, and uh, the PMs are becoming uh, you know something productive. 
because it is nice to be able to send out PMs that kind of summarize thinking and, um, um, you know, kind of keep people tuned in to, um, you know, what they need to be tuned into. Yeah, I, I I hate to break in, but uh, we're at the very end of the show, and uh, and we're going to uh, they're going to that was the the British lady in our ears telling us uh, that the show is ending for this evening, but I'm sure that uh, Fred, you'll be willing to come on again uh, in a couple of weeks, won't you? Uh yeah, maybe a couple of weeks. It might be better to do a little bit a little bit uh give people a chance to recover from all the excitement and the uh concentrated um education that they got tonight as to as to the uh you know apple Well how about program. how about once uh like once every six weeks or so? Sure, that'd be fun. Okay. That would definitely be fine. I'm gonna have some AIBCs now, guys. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody from California listening to the show but uh um, California's going to be, I think, the last weekend of this month in Piru, which is just outside of Los Angeles. And we got Wisconsin this weekend. Nice talking to everybody. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, and good night. Thanks to everybody that called in. Thanks to uh, all of the folks in the chat room. God bless all of you. And, uh, and we'll see you this next week, uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central. All right, thanks and good night. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, uh, all of the folks. And uh, and we'll get you back on in uh, six weeks. How's that sound? That's good. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, Scott. Good night, Sam. Good night, Pop. Uh... And we'll see you guys uh, next week. Thanks, Sam, uh, for helping. And we'll uh, we'll schedule a show during the week, this coming week, and uh, let's see if we can't uh, get the the screening stuff figured out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.